Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 21st of September. The Prime Minister is expected to arrive home today from London ahead of Australia's National Day of Mourning for Queen Elizabeth II. Taking to social media last night, Anthony Albanese explained it was a privilege to attend the funeral of the late monarch and be a witness to history. He also says he was deeply moved by the quiet solidarity of the thousands of people who queued through the night to pay their respects. The PM will host a memorial service in Canberra tomorrow. While the mourning period in the UK has ended and King Charles III has stepped away from public duties, flying to Balmoral Castle to mourn his mother. In other news this morning, a raft of COVID-19 restrictions are easing across many of our states today. From midnight tonight, mask mandates will be scrapped in New South Wales in a number of settings. Our reporter, Michaela Savage, is in Sydney with the details. Yeah, that's right. Premier Dominic Perrottet has confirmed we don't have to wear masks on public transport anymore. The same goes for when we're in taxis and using Ubers and other rideshare services. And the rule is also being scrapped at train stations, bus stops and other transport waiting areas. This brings the rules into line with what's in place in airports. Adina Serson from the Property Council of Australia says it'll help encourage people to get back into the CBD. We think it's going to give people a sense of confidence to move around our city again as we return to a sense of normality. Welcome news by small business right across the CBD and we really want to try and get people back into the city um, and help those businesses recover quickly. We're still being encouraged to mask up where physical distancing isn't possible and around people who are vulnerable or at high risk of severe illness. Across the state, masks remain mandatory at public hospitals, private health facilities and of course in residential aged care facilities. While Queensland has decided to follow in the footsteps of New South Wales and South Australia in ditching the face coverings, the rule was relaxed overnight. Uh, That means that uh, the staff and patrons on public transport will no longer be required under a public health directive to be wearing masks. However, I ask everyone to respect people's individual rights to feel safe and to wear masks when they feel it appropriate. That was Health Minister Yvette Darth speaking there. And the pressure's on in Victoria to follow suit with opposition MP David Davis criticising the lack of explanation from the state government. It does seem incongruous that in other states the health information points in one direction and in this state the health information seems to be stuck in a, um, a some sort of time warp. Australia's east coast is set to bear the brunt of even more heavy rainfall this morning. The Weather Bureau has urged residents in South Australia, New South Wales, Victoria and southeast Queensland to brace for severe conditions as another cold front moves through. It comes after a third La Nina event was declared for our spring and summer, renewing flooding concerns across the country. Lines Australia CEO Rob Orleamans says now is a time to step up and volunteer for an organisation. It's really um, volunteers needing to work out how they can support resilience efforts in local communities, thinking about what uh, potential risks and hazards might exist uh, with future floods and fires and what they can do to um, assist. I guess it's about getting the message out there about you know, looking after um, your properties. 
Overseas now, Vladimir Putin's highly anticipated first speech since the war in Ukraine has been delayed until later today. The Russian president was set to give a televised address to the public this morning our time, but the Kremlin has now reported it's been rescheduled. It comes as US President Joe Biden prepares to speak at a United Nations conference against Russia's invasion, saying it violates the UN's 1945 charter, while world leaders are coming together in New York for the first in-person assembly in three years. United Nations Chief Antonia Guterres is warning the globe is gridlocked by a string of crises. We are in rough seas. A cost of living crisis is raging. Trust is crumbling. Inequalities are exploding and our planet is burning. And back home, more than a dozen whales have washed ashore on Tasmania's King Island. Locals making the gruesome discovery yesterday afternoon, with experts saying it could be the case of a misadventure. Our Hobart reporter Rachel Burke has the details. That's right, 14 dead sperm whales were found near Whalebone Bay on King Island, which sits off Tassie's northwest coast. Wildlife investigators are trying to determine how the pod of males became beached. Wildlife biologist Dr Chris Carlyon says Tassie's a hot spot for beaching and the whales may have been foraging close to shore and got caught on a low tide. Strandings can occur for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, at this stage, uh, we don't have anything really to suggest um, what might have caused this. Almost two years ago, Tassie saw the biggest whale stranding event in history after more than 250 pilot whales died after washing ashore on the west coast. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. As we head closer to what could be an economic downturn, there looks like there are some signs we're at least starting from a position of strength. Maddie, good morning. Yeah, look, things are doing, people are doing it tough. Inflation is high, rates are going up. We know all that stuff. And yes, we're going to be paying more for petrol in a little while. So that's the bad news. But the good news is if you're going to go into that sort of situation, you want it to happen from a position of strength. We've got low unemployment, GDP is up, retail sales are high. But new numbers out for the federal budget yesterday suggest that with the budget itself is going to be get this $50 billion better off. More tax collections from individuals and businesses have really helped the revenue line. And largely because there haven't need to be as haven't need to have been as many handouts for individuals for businesses, whether it's COVID or unemployment or anything else, we're also spending less as a country on those things. So yep, we're gonna be doing it tough sooner rather than later, but starting from a really, really good position. And $50 billion is a nice chunk of change to have in the budget bottom line. Oh, it definitely is. And if anyone doubted Andrew Twiggy Forrest's commitment to going green, the company plans to spend $9.2 billion to be carbon neutral by 2030. This is amazing, Matt. This is such a, a huge, just speaking of $50 billion for the budget, $9 billion from a single private company to transform their energy use. Now, this is a really, really energy intensive business. We know iron ore, of course, uh, you know, mining, transport, all that kind of stuff. These guys use phenomenal amounts of energy, particularly over in WA. So we are going to try to take Fortescue to be completely green, completely carbon neutral by spending that $9 billion. But here's the other part. He believes there's now the, the technology is now at a point where this is actually going to make the company money rather than cost them money. So yes, they've got to put out $9.2 billion to make the transition happen, but they're planning to save $1.2 billion a year from that investment because the green energy he's hoping to replace uh, the, the fossil fuels with is now going to be cheaper and more efficient than the technology it replaces. So he might just, I think, big deal, big deal for Twiggy, big news for, for mining, 
but it does feel like we're at a tipping point for energy. And if he's right, if he can make this happen, we might be seeing the very, very early stages of, a, of an energy revolution. Yes, look, Scott, we'll keep a close eye on that one. And look, we like to finish off with some good news and a reality check. Australians are apparently the richest people on earth. Yeah, that's going to come as a shock to some people who are doing it tough. And like all of these numbers, they are averages, or in this case, the median, which means that half of us are below, above this line and half of us are below that line. If you took the median Australian, the 12.5 millionth richest Australian, um, we have a, an average wealth per adult of $274,000, and that is the highest in the world. Higher than Belgium, which is second, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Denmark, Switzerland, Canada, all of these countries come below us. So, yes, again, as we started with, we're doing it tough in different areas. And, again, this is not everybody. There are plenty of people listening who are really, really struggling right now. Plenty, of course, who are doing, doing very well as well. But that median number is important. So when we say we talk about things we can and can't afford as a country or the way we're – how we're, you know, kind of travelling economically, always important to remember we are literally better than every other country on Earth. Yeah, it's always good to keep it into perspective. Thanks so much, Scott. Sure is. Thanks, Maddie. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, a very good morning to you. Team sheets are out for the NRL's prelim final weekend as South Sydney sweat on an injured star. Yes, good morning, Matty. They've named Alex Johnston to face the Panthers, uh, but he is battling a hip issue and rates himself only a 50-50 chance of playing. But in some good news for the Bunnies, back row Jai Arrow has declared he has overcome a groin niggle. Oh, 100%. I've got a scan in that. It pulled up sweet. It's just a minor, minor thing, and they put me on ice today so I can I can do the big day tomorrow. The Panthers have replaced suspended winger Taylor May with Charlie Staines. The Eels, meantime, have named Tom Opachik to tackle the Cowboys in Friday night's grand final qualifier, but he remains under an injury cloud as he uh, battles a hamstring injury. Bryce Cartwright will play his first game since round 23, and Isaiah Papali'i is still refusing to say whether he'll honour a deal to join the Tigers next season, telling Nine his focus is on Para's premiership campaign. They've reached out to me a couple of times and obviously checking in on me and things like that and appreciate it and then they understand that. This is, this is a massive opportunity for this club. And the Cowboys, Matty, remain unchanged. So much finals action there, Brett. And look, moving to the AFL, the Swans had two stars missing from their open training session at the SCG ahead of the AFL grand final. Yeah, there was no sign of Sam Reid. He is racing the clock to overcome a groin strain, but teammate Callum Mills told Fox Footy he still rates Reid a chance of playing. It's a tough situation to be in, and um, Reid is an absolute professional, and you know he'll do everything right to, to get up. While Justin McInerney didn't make an appearance after hurting his foot late in that win over the Pies, and AFL Chief Gillan McLaughlin has given us an update on the timeline to decide whether Tasmania gets its own team. All clubs have been presented with the business case, a new stadium is the sticking point. McLaughlin says it's not across the line just yet. So now all of the information's with the clubs. I reckon they'll need a couple of weeks, two or three weeks. I reckon the momentum is good, but there's a few steps to go through yet. Oh, well, hopefully Tasmania does get its own team because it certainly deserves one uh, as an AFL-loving state. Yeah, definitely. I'll be looking forward to that. And look, the Aussie T20 side has tuned up for the World Cup with a win over India. Yeah, we've got a three-match series in India at the moment, so a, a chance to get their preparations together for the World Cup coming up uh, later, well, next month on home soil. And we beat them by uh, four wickets last night. Nathan Ellis was one of the stars of the show, the paceman snaring three wickets, including the prize scalp of Virat Kohli. So India all out for 208. The Aussies chased that down with four balls to spare. Cam Green promoted to the top of the order. He top scored with 61.
Great work from Australia there. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Maddie. And Australia's oldest man has sadly died aged 110 after contracting COVID-19. The family of Frank Moore says he passed away peacefully at his home on the New South Wales south coast on the weekend. His son Barry says his dad lived a full life, even in recent months. Here's some wise words from Frank that he gave to Channel 7 a few years ago. Well, I've got an attitude of enjoying life. Every day is a great day. Isn't that lovely? A public celebration of Frank's life will be held following a private service with his family and friends. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. And you can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Madeline Palmer. Thanks for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.